0: Hey, good morning everybody and welcome to Sebastopol good Christian morning. Church. It's good to see all of your <laughs> smiling faces out there in online land. Thank you for tuning in via live stream to join us on this beautiful sunny morning. Woo. This is the day that the, the Lord, Lord has, has made, made and we will rejoice and, and be, be glad God in it. In it. We are to come into the Lord's gates with singing and into his courts with praise. Yes. And so we love to do that. Today we're going to be talking about marriage. And I have my better half, Lisa (laughs) Swaney, going to be joining me as we do uh, this message with you this morning. As we begin, I invite you to bow your heads with me for a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, we exalt you. We lift up your name this morning. Your name is the name that is above every name. And we want you, Lord Jesus, to be made famous throughout our lives and our families and our neighborhoods, our workplaces, our community. Lord, we want the name of Jesus above all things to be lifted up. You are the way and the truth and the life, and we thank you that we have found eternal life and the right way to live through you. Lord, we ask your blessing on this service today. We ask for the filling of your Holy Spirit, and we ask that every person that listens in and and participates would be blessed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. All right. Well, we are not in normal circumstances, obviously. Normally, I get really pumped up and excited because as I start to speak, I get to look out at all of your faces. But right now, I'm going to have to imagine you across the screen. Well, you know what? This COVID virus has done far more than to us, than just keep us physically separated. In fact, one of my favorite games of all times is not being played right now i was so blessed this year to be able to go to spring training and i haven't done that since my dad took me as a little girl and i got to see my favorite team getting ready for the season that didn't come and so you know what sometimes in life we just get thrown a curveball
0: whoa she threw a curveball i barely caught that thing (laughs) hey you know what a curveball curveball is even a phrase that has come into our culture meaning that something unexpected has come your way and you have to adjust to it and only the really good hitters the ones that make the minor leagues and the major leagues the only ones who really progress are the batters that can not only just hit a fastball but they can also hit a curveball we know friends that as we've come in to this covid crisis and now we have this stay-at-home order in our families that A lot of families, a lot of couples in relationships are spending a lot more time home together than they ever have before. (laughs) And that creates tension. That creates um, uh, an environment to where if you say or do something that, that hurts or offends the other person, you know, you're ripe for conflict. And when conflict happens in the past, we had more freedom. We had more, more mobility. There was somewhere else to go. Now there's really not so many other places to go. And so you're still there, and the conflict is real, and we need to learn how to do better in our relationships, especially growing our marriage relationships. So we're going to talk about that today. Before we do that, let's go into a quick review. I want to talk to you about last week, uh, we had a, a scripture from, from Proverbs, this Book of Wisdom, and it says this, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. A house, a family, a, a unit of, of loved ones who are living together. This is uh, something that God loves, that He put together. God is the inventor, the author of family. And He says that if you're going to build a house that stands, you need to build it with wisdom. You you can see right there what a definition of family is. A family is one of life's greatest blessings. It's a group of individuals living under one roof, what we call a household. It's a group of persons sharing a common ancestry, like a clan. It's a social unit of people who will love and support each other through the good times and the bad. Now, look at number four one more time. How has that described you over the past five or six weeks? How has it described you and your family? Have you been there for each other through the good times and the bad? You have if you've been practicing what we talked about last week when we talked about how to have better relationships at home in your family. Number one, you were to be a difficult person to offend. Isn't that a funny way to phrase that? (laughs) Be a difficult person (laughs) to offend. Don't get offended so easily. Don't yeah. wear your heart on your sleeve. Uh, 1 Peter 3 says, instead of returning an insult for an insult, <laughs> we're to return a blessing for an insult. Yes. So that's number one. Number two is learn how to bounce back. Mm. Learn how to bounce back. Instead of being all hurt and pout and go into your corner and brood and be thinking about it more and more, and actually you get more upset and and more thrown off because you're brooding about it. Learn yes. how to bounce back. Learn, and you do that by number three, be quick to forgive. Instead of harboring that resentment and bitterness and letting that grow into a cancer in your life, you are quick to forgive. And as Jesus says, he says, I want you to forgive others as I have forgiven you. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Absolutely. the foundation for any strong relationship is love. 1 yes. Corinthians 13, among other things, it says this, love always protects, always trusts, love always hopes, love always perseveres. Love never fails.
1: That's right. And if we're honest, friends, if I'm honest, if you're honest, we may be okay at a couple of those and not so great at the rest of them. As Jim and I were reviewing and praying through this message, I realized one in two are issues for Mm. me. It's not that I wanna hold on to things, but my bounce back can really get a lot better. I am, for lack of a better term, a powder. In fact, my mom used to say to me over and over, Lisa Kay, you're gonna trip over that lip. (laughs) I can pout with the best of them, but I need to learn to bounce back. And number one, wow, that one hits me right here in my heart. Be a difficult person to offend. I take everything personally. And you know what? We got to put ourselves in the other person's shoe. We are not always offended on purpose. Sometimes it's just our nature versus someone else's nature. So that takes us really to point one. We are going to talk today about focusing on a strong marriage. Now, wait before you press end, stop, delete, you don't have to be married to get incredible advice out of this message. God has put us all in relationship. And friends, if you're like me, I felt that that has been attacked in our country right now. We're not able to be in every relationship that we find vital. But you know what? Let's sit back then. Let's take a pause. Let's do what God tells us to do. Be still. Breathe. And know that he is God. He knew we were going to be sitting right here on this date today. And he knew that we were going to be physically separated from many people that we're in relationship with. So we always want to key into that word that Jim brought up, wisdom. What does wisdom mean? It means Jim and I have been married 36 and a half years. Let's hope we've learned something. Let's hope we have some wisdom. We've certainly learned how to fall on our knees and ask God to help to give us the answers and pick up the pieces. But we can all learn how to have good and right relationships. Right now, we are stuck in close proximity like Jim talked about. We're close. How are we? We're really close. How are we doing that? I mean, this is not a joke, really. Sometimes I think Jim and I take this into the backyard and I just have to go, okay, you go over there, distance yourself a little from me. I'll come over here and let's just throw the ball back and forth. Why? Because we need to be reminded we're on the same team. And friends, whether you like the sports analogy or not, it's a good one because being a part of a team is what it's all about. We're team God, and he's the head coach. He's the one that we have to look for. Who am I going to when I get easily offended? Who am I going to when I'm asking, help me bounce back? But, my inside voice says, that wasn't nice the way he responded to you. And you know what? Maybe it wasn't but am I gonna let that lip droop? Am I gonna walk around the house for an hour pouting? Or am I gonna let God give me the bounce back? So that brings us to the point that God created this. This isn't our point of view. It's not the world's point of view. It's not a self-help book that Jim and I pulled off of a shelf. Friends, it's God's view. He created relationship. He wants us to be in the game but he wants us to stay in the game. You know what? A baseball game is not played in one inning or two. It has to finish out. It needs to complete all the innings and we need to get from first to second to third to home to finish it. We wanna finish strong. Yeah, we're being stuck at home and maybe some of the not so niceties come out a little too often, but let's step back. Let's take a breath and let's pray and let's look to the word of God. First of all, God created marriage. It's not an idea that man came up with. It is God's idea. And this is what God says about it. For this reason, for this reason, what reason? Marriage. A man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. That is the most beautiful picture of marriage. This is a profound mystery. But I am talking about Christ and the church. That's right. That's why we don't press delete. It's a relationship between you and God, between me and God. And then, yes, if he gives us a spouse, between each other. However, each one of you also must have his wife. Love her like you love yourself, like he loves himself. And what is the wife to do? The wife must respect her husband. That comes from Ephesians. So now, the husband
0: is to love his wife, and the wife is to respect her husband. Love and respect. You know, I think
1: that would oh, make a really good book. I think it would make a great book. In fact, maybe we should tell our son-in-law to use that when he proposes to our daughter. Wait, I think he already did that.
0: Yep, he actually did.
1: But in all sincerity, love and respect. So Jim, read that part about the husband one more time.
0: So, uh, however, each of you talking to husbands, you also must love your wife as you love yourself.
1: And the wife must respect her husband. Mm -hmm. Love and respect. One of the key words in this passage, however, was mystery. Now, in and of itself, it's a mystery. So how are we supposed to understand it? I don't know about you, but I love a good mystery just like most of you do. But what's the point of a good mystery? It's solving it in fact the whole time i'm reading the novel or i'm watching the movie i'm trying to figure out who did it was it him was it her oh they brought in another character because what does it do it increases the mystery but you know this one friends we may just have to wait till we get to heaven Hmm. to figure out because it is a mystery how these relationships with all of our human frailties work together to bring about the glory of God. Right.
0: I do think that God's word and his principles give us some uh, wisdom as to find some aspects that can help us understand and flourish in the mystery of what God created, which was male and female. And he said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll create a helper suitable for him. And he created marriage. So let's talk this morning about five aspects of what makes a good marriage relationship. Number one, There's anticipation and preparation. Learning how to wait together. That's before you get married.
1: Learning how to wait together. And then when you do that, the second one is expectation. Learning to think together.
0: Number three is communication. Learning how to talk together. (laughs) There's the one that I'm writing down for me. Number three, Jim, you need to focus more on that.
1: And here's the one that too many of us just want to skip one, two, three, and get to. The fourth one is intimacy, learning to love together.
0: And then finally, number five, compatibility. Now, this is thinking of marriage in terms of the long haul for the rest of your life till death separates us, learning how to live and stay together. Yeah. So let's talk about that first one, anticipation and preparation, learning how to wait together. This this particular aspect is for couples before you got married or couples who maybe are dating, going out, maybe you've been together in a relationship a long time, maybe you're considering getting married. Look what Proverbs 18.22 says. This is a blessing from God. (laughs) It says, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord that's how God views marriage you find a wife you found a good thing now some of you may not believe that in this moment but it is designed marriage is designed to be a blessing from God that's right now when Lisa and I were dating there were some signs that we knew that we were right for each other and we were ready to to be married together One of them is that we laugh together. We learn how to laugh together, tell jokes, get each other's jokes, share a common culture. (laughs) Laughing together is a big part of a sign that says you could have a good marriage relationship. No
1: one's going to make it with Jim unless they get his sense of humor. Too important to him. Oh, it's critical.
0: (laughs) Mutual respect is another uh, aspect of what leads couples to want uh, to know that they're right for each other to be Mm -hmm. married. Having mutual respect, not contempt for each other, not... I'm going to control you, or I feel like you're controlling me, but having mutual respect for each other. And then the third one is knowing that y- if you marry this person, already you, you understand from the, the relationship that you're in, this person is making me a better person. Yeah. This person right. is making me a better version of myself. Now, that's a great sign that you'd want to be married. When Lisa and I got engaged and we sent out the marriage invitations, this was way back in 19 mm-hmm. but it, it was a long time ago, and in the, in the invitation, it said this, believing that our lives will be better together for God than they would be apart, we invite you to our marriage ceremony.
1: In fact, we should have brought our invitation to show you because it's not a joke. You know, we knew the odds were stacked against us. We both come from families and marriages that didn't stay the course, that didn't last the time. And you know what? That was hard. It was difficult for both of us in different ways. But we knew that if we had God at the head, Mm -hmm. if we trusted in his wisdom to solve that mystery of marriage for us, then we were going to be able to stay the course. Well, you know what? After you have made that commitment, you're now down the aisle. Then you're looking at expectation, learning to think together. What? Think together? That's right. Watch this.
0: We're brought here today by the love that Sarah and Davis have for each other.
2: I can't believe I get to marry him. We're perfectly compatible in every way.
0: Yeah, she just gets me, man.
2: Someone to talk to all night long.
0: Someone to talk to all night long.
2: Early morning jogs.
0: Sleeping in late.
2: We'll spend the holidays with my parents.
0: We'll spend the holidays with my parents.
2: We'll have one well-behaved daughter.
0: We'll have four or five little dudes running around.
2: He'll help me pay off my debt.
0: I should probably tell her about all my debt. Is that important? We'll share a bank account.
2: Obviously, we're going to share a Facebook account.
0: <laughs> Do I need a
2: friend my in-laws? Someone to do my laundry. Someone to do my laundry. Double income. Stay at home, Dad. Meal planning, of course. Takeout. The city. The burbs. Mission trip. Ski trip. Blue. Cat. Dog. Fries. Rings. Potato. Potato. Minivan. Motorcycle. Two words. Finished basement. Two words. Man cave. He's so smart.
0: Do you think that birds wish that they had hands?
2: We're going to be so happy.
0: We'll be so happy i'm gonna crush it at being a husband
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh okay that's a good laugh but the truth of it is what do happy couples really know They know that naturally we don't think alike. And so what do we have to do? We have to learn to think together. How can we get on the same page? Because when we are a team, when we're playing together, we want to pull on our strengths and weaknesses, and we want to allow the other one to compensate for those weaknesses, but learn to think together remembering instead of taking every offense personally remembering we're on the same team and we both want to win well the scripture verse that really pulls this in is ephesians four thirty-one and 32. this is what it says get rid of all bitterness rage and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God has forgiven you. You know, that's a long list of things to get rid yeah, of. And I'm guilty of most of those. But the the end is where we want to land. Be kind, be compassionate. When words come out of my mouth, in fact, before words fly out of my mouth. Think about how it's going to impact Jim, how it's going to impact others when they hear those words. Be kind and compassionate. And then the end is my favorite. Why? Because he deserves it? No, because Christ forgave me when I didn't deserve it. And I need to forgive because I have been forgiven. A long list of things we need to get rid of. But you know what? They're not everything to having a good relationship, but they really are a very good start. A good marriage is not about the big day, the wedding. Now, that's what we just watched on there. And I'm telling you, if you're scanning through all those channels on your cable, you're going to come up with, I don't know, it feels like half, but maybe a third that are dedicated to The big day. In fact, if we don't have millions of dollars, we pretty much feel like we just got to throw in the towel and not get married. I mean, there's say yes to the dress, and there's find the biggest cake made by the expert baker, and the list just goes on and on and on. But how much time, how much money, how much effort are we putting into the big day? When really, friends, a marriage boils down to the every day. Mm-hmm. And I am not opposed. I like a party as much as the next person. I like celebrating. You like In a good fact, wedding cake, too. I, I, I really love a good wedding. Okay, uh, that's not nice. Uh, now he's going to Medlin because uh, um, there have been a few <clears throat> family members that shall go and mention that chose not to have a wedding cake, and I flat out was not happy. That's just sad. I hope I didn't pout or trip over my lip, but I'm telling you, I do love wedding cake, so Jim's already revealed that about me. But let's get moving on. When we're talking about the everyday, we're talking about far more intentionality put into it. We have to learn to think together. So how can I learn to think like Jim? Well, the truth is I can't really, I can't read his mind. I don't know what he's thinking or what he's saying. Wait a minute. I do now more than I used to. I can anticipate him now what he may be thinking or how he would react or what he would prefer more than I used to why because we've spent time together so I learned to think better like he did and at least think together well you know this may be my first inclination but if I stop and think about how Jim's feeling that's going to help me learn to think more like him and allow us to come together a decisive wife a married couple who was celebrating their 60th wedding anniversary at a party that everybody wanted to go to. I mean, 60 years. Wow. That's quite how, awesome. milestone. <laughs> that is huge. Can't even imagine that. How did you do it? That was the biggest question on everyone's lips and minds. But those who were willing to ask it, how in the world did you do this? The husband responded.
0: He said, when we first got married, we made an agreement together. I, as the husband, I would make all of the major decisions. And my wife, she would make all of the minor decisions.
1: And so, you know what? After 60 years of marriage, we've never had to make a major decision. Isn't that great? What we bring, we'll let that sit for a second, what we bring into the marriage is everything. It means everything. And you know what, friends? We didn't get to design what our backgrounds would be. But we do get to choose who we will be and who we will become because geography has something to do with it. Biology, male, female, has something to do with with it. it. History, your own parents' history, your, the parents of your spouse's history, that all has a, a play in it. Sociology, are you conservative? Are you liberal? What were your bends? What does your family feel? What are you thinking? Where do you live? Parenting styles, whoa, I don't even have time, not even going to step into that one, but come back next week because we're going to address it. That one's huge too sexuality your views but also experiences what are you bringing into the relationship spirituality and faith do you have a Christian background or are you new to this thing we call Christianity
0: yeah so that's number two about expectation number three is communication communication learning how to talk together I'm not even sure how I got number three because Lisa's way better at this. Maybe it's because uh, this would be physician heal thyself moment for Jim. Uh, It says in Ephesians 4.29, and you talk about the Apostle Paul setting the bar high. Yeah. I remember reading this last year at Christian college saying, I don't know how anybody could ever fulfill this verse 24-7. But look what Paul says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Wow, is that setting the bar high? So I have a, uh, one of those agree or disagree uh, questions for you guys, and here it is. Here's the statement, and you decide whether you agree with it or disagree. Your marriage relationship is either moving in one of two directions. Your relationship is either moving toward oneness or it is moving toward isolation. You're either growing closer together or you are growing further apart at any given moment in that relationship. Agree or disagree. Every married couple is going to have conflict. We are not going to agree about everything. Look at all those different backgrounds we talked about. All the ways that you could say, I don't see it the way you see it. I don't think the way you see it. I don't think the way you think it. So we're going to have conflict. Last week we talked about conflict. I want to pull up that slide about five ways that we deal with conflict just as a way of review uh, to remind us that most of you, when you come into a conflict, you're going to handle it one of these five ways. First off is my way. I'm right and you're wrong. You can basically guarantee having a short marriage if you're going to have my way be your way of dealing with conflict no way i withdraw i pull back this person lasts longer in the marriage relationship but eventually it's like a volcano that has been building 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 up and then they just snap number three is your way i always just give in i don't want to argue anymore i don't want to fight anymore it makes me sick inside i'll just give in to you only over time that is not healthy then you have halfway well, we win some and we lose some. Like, sometimes I'm watching your Hallmark channel and sometimes you're watching my sports. And now that there's no sports, guess what? We're always watching, folks. So you win some and you lose some. The, other, the fifth way of handling conflict says halfway, but I want to change that because I thought about it more over this last week, and I really think that's more God's way. If you want to handle conflict God's way, then you as a husband and wife, you've got to learn how to work out conflict together right? Mm-hmm. You remember the, the couples night? You guys remember back in February? We are <laughs> standing right here where we had our couples night on February 15th. Seems like forever ago. You remember before the COVID crisis we when could people could actually each other. sit next to each other Shake a hand, and, and have fellowship live <laughs> in person? Yeah. Well, we had that on uh, that night, couples night. We had uh, Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott talk to us about how to fight a good fight. Mm-hmm. And they talked about the core. Do you remember that? C-O-R-E is one of the main words in the acrostic about how to um, manage conflict together as a married couple. The core of a good fight. The C of the core stands for cooperation. Cooperation. In other words, working together. You're fighting for your relationship to win. You're saying we're both facing this problem, but instead of us facing each other saying you're the problem, (laughs) you're facing the problem together saying we're going to solve this problem Together. together. Cooperation.
1: Good. Cooperation. And then the second one is O, ownership friends, we need to own our part of the problem. You know what? There is a mis- just a mystique out there that says that to have a good relationship, it's 50-50. You put in 50, I put in 50, and somehow it equals 100. No. God's way of doing it is 100%, 100%. When I'm putting 100% into the relationship and Jim's putting 100% into the relationship, then and only then are we going to get that incredible marriage that God's telling us we can all have and be a part of. It's 100-100. But if we're not owning that we have a piece of the conflict, the problem, then we're never going to find a solution. That's right.
0: So we have cooperation. We have ownership. And then number three, the R stands for respect. That's right. Aretha Franklin was right. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. makes it for a better relationship where you steer clear of belittling one another. You don't hold each other in contempt. You don't look down on the other person. You say, this is a person with feelings and values and a point of view that may be different from mine, Mm -hmm. but I have respect for the other person.
1: That's right. Respect. Why? Because you'll find out what it means to me. Sorry. I just couldn't (laughs) let that go. I can't believe Dim didn't pick up on it. But the final one is this, empathy. E is empathy. Friends, the only way I know how to do it to get myself out of myself is to say, Jesus, please give me your eyes to see Jim, your ears to hear him, your heart to be able to understand why he's hurt or why he's frustrated or angry and where he's coming from. Friends, we can't do it on our own, but remember we have a captain, a head captain of our team and it's God and he is always there. And when we pray and ask, He always delivers.
0: Ladies, this one is for you. When you are dealing with a husband or a man who is facing a problem or a conflict, the first go-to for most men is we want to fix the problem.
1: That's right. And remember this, men the first thing that women want is to explore the problem. We need to talk about it. It's going to take some time. It's not just an easy fix.
0: Can I ask how long do we need to explore the problem?
1: No, you cannot. Because that just has to be determined, honey, when we think alike.
0: Well, it is true. When we have conflict (laughs) in our marriage relationship, your your spouse doesn't just reveal the worst in you, (laughs) your spouse reveals the brokenness in you.
1: Absolutely. I uh, want to say
0: that one more time. Your spouse doesn't just reveal the worst in you. Your spouse reveals the brokenness in you
1: that's so good jim i'm glad you repeated it friends let that sink in for a minute it reveals our brokenness you know we're not just walking around most of the time being nasty and that that word malice that comes at the end i know there's a piece of that for some people but not the majority of us we don't want what's bad for someone else But you know what? We all come with such broken pieces that it's that brokenness that gets touched and then it gets pricked. And then pretty soon that brokenness feels like sandpaper Mm. on us. And then we get defensive. We jump back. We want to defend. And, you know, if you're me, you want to be heard. You want to make sure he hears you. And you may say it. That's why Jim asked for a time limit again and again and again. But, you know, I am about to, and as my grandson would say, drum roll, please. Talk about the one we've all been waiting for or wanting to avoid. Mm -hmm. Intimacy. Learning to love together. And yes, that's the physical aspect of a beautiful marriage that's created by God. Because intimacy was created by God as well. And the two will become one Flesh. You know, no illustration needed. We all get that. Ephesians, that's right there in Ephesians. The two will become one flesh. The husband then should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. And in the same way, Please hear that. Oh, the world likes to leave that part out. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Again, gorgeous picture of 100-100. We love to listen to a pastor, a great pastor, Greg Rochelle, and he shares it this way. There are three levels to intimacy. Now, most of us just think we're going to jump right in to... The intimacy part. This is going to happen. This is going to be great. And pretty soon, somebody's pulling back over here and somebody's pulling back over here. And sometimes, unfortunately, we just give up. No, don't give up. Just know there's three levels that are super Mm -hmm. important. This is what he shares. You have to first be side to side. Okay, Jim, come on. We got to do this. All right. So side to side. Now, Side to side for us isn't this. This this isn't Jim's thing. Oh, I'll put my arm around you and we'll just walk off into the sunset. No, I didn't marry somebody like that. Side to side for us is getting on our bikes. It's going for a job. It's taking a hike. It's coming down the ski slope. Jim loves side to side. He loves to play. He loves to laugh mission trips. like he shared. We do mission trips together. We do all kinds of things together that allow us to have some great side-to-side time. Sometimes, does that mean we might be watching a favorite movie if we both agree? Yes. Does that mean we could be sharing a meal together? Sure, we could go out. It could be date night. But that side-to-side is something that draws us close together so that when the next step comes, we're ready for it. The next step is face-to-face. Now, if I told Jim to stand up and start engaging with me in this one, he'd run out the back door. This is not Jim's favorite thing to do because you've already heard him say, time frame, ding, 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 can we set the timer? Not that we haven't had to do that. We have, and sometimes it works, but um, not usually. I think Jim figured out pretty quick, don't do that. But face-to-face is important. Why? This is the time we explore. This is the time where I get to share my heart and Jim gets to respond back. He gets to share his heart. It might be a little bit harder, but he can do that when I give him the opportunity. So ladies or gentlemen, whichever you tend to be, if you love this face-to-face time like I do, I actually crave this face-to-face time because I want to know that I've been heard. I want to know that I'm at least understood, not agreed with. I think that's fair, yeah? I don't really have an issue of having to be agreed with, but I really want to be listened to. I really want to be understood. And then I can talk and we can move forward. But what else does that call me to do? it calls me to pause and to give Jim time. If this isn't his favorite thing and this isn't his mode of interaction with me, then I need to give him time to respond. And you know what? I need to accept the response. Whether or not it's a response I want or it's complete enough for me, I need to allow him to have that response. Why? So we can get to what Greg Rochelle called, Craig Rochelle, excuse me, the G thing messes me up, calls the belly button to belly button time. Because when that comes, then it can be rich. It can be everything that God desired it to be. We can become one flesh when we're doing one and two. But friends, for lack of a better term, let's not put the cart before the horse. Very good.
0: Very good what a lot of men don't understand is you never do get to level three unless you also get to levels one and two and trying to bypass one and two hardly ever ever works so there's one two three and four four is intimacy number five is compatibility and this we're coming down the home stretch we're in the final innings so to speak if you want to use the baseball term uh compatibility learning to live and to stay together now in this Mm. covis COVID-19 crisis, we're having to spend more and more time together. We're being pushed into spending more time together. So we need to learn how to do that right. Look what Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient Bearing with one another in love. Now, when you think about bearing with one another, that (laughs) means you're going to have a load of something. You're going to have a, a cargo, a weight of something on you that maybe you didn't want, but because of the value of the relationship, you're willing to bear with the other person in love. Absolutely. Leo Tolstoy, the great Russian author, he wrote this. He says, what makes a marriage count, it's not how compatible the two of you are, but it's how you deal with incompatibility.
1: Ooh, yeah. Ouch. So we have a story about that, don't we?
0: Yeah, I've got a story about that. Let's
1: start with the positive. What are we compatible in?
0: Well, <laughs> we're compatible in lots of things. Yeah. We're com- like Min- when I say, hey, Lise, let's, let's do ministry together. Let's go to church together. Let's lead a Bible study. Let's plan some kind of at- outreach activity. You want to do that? And what do you...
1: You don't have to ask me twice. I'm in. I'm already out the door. I'm dressed right. and ready to go up earlier than normal. That's where we're compatible. But Certain incompatibility, levels.
0: incompatibility usually has a five-letter word around it, spelled M O N E Y,
1: and it's green and money, it's money, icky.
0: money,
1: money, 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 <laughs> and we never have enough. Yeah. So can you can you relate? So, so what happened? The latest when story on happens.
0: incompatibility. The latest story <laughs> is about two weeks ago. Uh, the dishwasher at home in our kitchen stopped working. And when the dishwasher stops working in, our, in my home and the way I think about money and, and how not to spend it if we don't really need to spend it is, well, the dishwasher's broken. There's just the two of us most times. So that means we can just do dishes by hand and we'll be fine for the rest of our lives.
1: When really that sounds nice. That sounds like Jim's trying to be conservative and he's trying... That's not it at all. He is literally seeing money signs. In fact, his eyes could roll back, and you could see money signs start ching, 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 <laughs> coming up, because all he's thinking is, "This is going to cost me money." And granted, God has well, given. I, 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 would,
0: I would like to say this is going to cost oh, us money because oh, we're in this oh, together, babe.
1: Okay. Not ouch. just me. It's going <laughs> yes, but here's the incompatibility part, right? Because I don't care about spending the money. Jim very much cares about spending the money. So while that can be very nice, we can be a good measure and balance for each other. At times like this, it becomes a conflict. So that incompatibility comes in where I'm trying to be a little more rational. I'm not opposed to doing dishes by hand. In fact, many, many, many years of my life. And even now with just the two of us, I tend to do that. But a dishwasher for me we've been blessed with the home that god gave us and so i'm thinking too i have a responsibility for a resale value i'm not going to usher a couple in say hey let us show you the home oh but don't look at the dishwasher it doesn't work so i'm thinking we can you know we can we can have a middle ground here we happen to have a son-in-law who's super blessed and gifted at looking things up on youtube and actually fixing them so we waited a while. I did do dishes by hand for quite some time. We didn't spend money right away. He came and to visit he came. And, and he looked
0: happened? it over. He looked it over three different times. He pulled out the dishwasher. He disconnected the hoses. He tried to clean out the filters, <laughs> the hoses. He checked different things. He looked on YouTube one time. The third time around, he looked up this, some video on YouTube, which I would never watch. And he, and he said, I think if we get this part, it might work. Well. We went the next morning to the store. We, we had our masks on. We got the part, or we were thinking about getting the part. It was $100 for the part, and the part wasn't there in the store. It wasn't going to be ready for another three or four days before it came in. Craig was leaving the next day, so he wouldn't be there to install it anyway. And I thought to myself, if he gets the part and the part doesn't work, now where are we? We're $100 in the hole with a dishwasher that doesn't work.
1: And again, money, money, money. So Jim's natural reaction is told you we don't need a dishwasher we'll just do the dishes okay so i
0: gotta give lisa credit on this one (laughs) because she starts talking to me logically and that my ears perked up they tuned in said jim think about this if we have to hire a a technician a maintenance person to come in uh, for this dishwasher (laughs) it's going to be a hundred dollar call they probably a hundred dollars in parts, and then if he if he has to get the part and come back, it's going to be another hundred dollars for the installation. That's three hundred dollars to fix an old dishwasher. How much would a new dishwasher be? And I said, Well, I'm sure you you've done your research because you're you're you've got this sparkle in your eye like you <laughs> have the solution. He said, Yeah, I found this dishwasher on sale for three hundred forty nine dollars.
1: $250 less than normal. And is it is it top of the line? Is it state of the art? Not even close. In fact, my other dishwasher looked far better in my house than this one does. Well, it looked but, better, but it didn't work. But it didn't work at all. <laughs> I was doing dishes by hand. But the it's point nice is visual. when we are incompatible, we can work at yeah. learning what that is and learning to be compatible. Okay.
0: Talking about compatibility. Boy, this, this one, uh, uh, forgive me, ladies, for telling you this story, but here it is. A wife was sitting at the brex- breakfast table and she asks her husband, he loves she, this. they've been married a long time. She said, honey, what if something happened to me? And what if I was the one who died first? Do you, do you think that you would remarry again? And the husband says, well, haven't really thought about it, but I suppose I probably would. And then the wife comes back with another question. Well, says, well, If you got married to another woman would you bring her in here would she live in this home would she sleep in our bed and the husband says oh gosh I haven't really thought about it but I suppose she probably would and then she says well my goodness is she gonna use my golf clubs too and he says well I I don't think so because she's left-handed
1: okay guys you're not supposed to have that person in (laughs) mind Moral of the story. Anyway, I let him (laughs) tell that because of his sense of humor that I love, right? But seriously, friends, in order to have a stronger marriage relationship, we've got to go back to the core. We've got to go back to the C-O-R-E. We've already explained those to you. They're up there for you. You can go back and you can look in the notes and find them. But what is that? It's cooperation. It's ownership. It's respect. And it's empathy. Do this and you're on the road to genuine compatibility.
0: All right, we've spoken long enough. I'm going to ask Mandy and Zaz and Cosmos to come on up and get ready uh, to lead us in worship this morning. And while they're doing that and preparing, I I want to ask you guys a question. Those of you who are in a marriage relationship, many of you are in happy, fulfilled relationships, but some of you are not. Some of you are struggling in your relationships. Maybe they were struggling even before this COVID crisis but now the the problems the differences that you've had they've only been exacerbated with this uh tension and time spent together i just want to ask you a, a question go back in your mind and think back to your wedding day and the vows that you shared with each other on your wedding day you were to love to honor and cherish one another you were to do that in plenty and in want you were to do that in sickness and in health. You were do, to do that for better or for worse. And you know what? The truth is the difference between a good, long standing marriage and a couple that's broken by divorce may just simply be the willingness to hang in there, the willingness to not quit, throw in the towel, and give up. The hope that. Through God and through Christ, if He becomes the center of your marriage relationship, that your marriage can see better days and have hope for your future together. So that's what we're going to pray for. As you you learn to communicate better, as you learn to forgive, as you learn to understand one another, to walk a mile in each other's shoes, your marriage relationship can and will get better. And we're going to pray and ask God to help us to do just that. So I'm going to invite you to bow your heads with me for a word of prayer. Lord, we believe your word. We believe the revelation you've given to us in the Bible when you say to us that you are the author, you are the creator of marriage. And Lord Jesus, your words to us are powerful when you said, what therefore God has joined together, let no one of us separate. And so, Father, today, help our marriages, help our relationships to grow stronger. Help us to commit to having the kind of relationship as couples that honor you first. Help us to understand each other better. Help us to respect one another, even when we see things differently. Help us to look at the problem as something that we can side-by-side solve this problem together and not look at each other like like the other person is the problem. Lord, help us to do our part to love, to forgive, to cherish our spouse the way you do toward us. Lord, we know that's a tall order. We know that we're weak in our moments as human beings. But through your grace, through the power of your Holy Spirit, we believe that we can do this with your help. And so, Lord Jesus, please let our marriage relationships, Lord, let them visibly reflect the love that you have for your bride, the church. That's us. Lord, help us to do that. We ask all these things in your holy and precious name. And all God's people together said, amen. 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 We're going to have some worship time now, and I'm going to come back later, and we'll talk about some next steps that we can take to build your relationships.